Hi, I'm Darren Peppard. Welcome to the Leaning into Leadership podcast, the podcast dedicated to today's hardworking leader. Join me every Sunday for leadership insight, inspiration, and a little pep talk to keep you rolling down your road to awesome. What's up, my friends? Welcome in episode 38. I am fired up for this episode. I can't wait to share with you the conversation I had with today's guest. Our guest is Doug Kaplicki. And if you don't know Doug, let me tell you this. Here's what you need to know. Doug is honored to serve as the principal at Adams Elementary in Yakima, Washington. And he is the consulting owner of the Positive Focus Group. You see, Doug has been not only an educator, but also a motivational speaker. He's been a leadership consultant. He has tons of passion around school culture and climate and around growing leaders early in their career, very much uh, the same type of focuses that I have. So when I had the opportunity to sit down and have this conversation with Doug, I was super excited. I can't wait for you to have an opportunity to listen, but one quick message, and then we're off and running. Well, the school year started off really exciting. Everybody was fired up. There was tremendous energy. Everybody couldn't wait to get kids in the classroom to go make a difference in the life of children. And now you're a month or two into the year and you're starting to see that everybody's just kind of settled into the grind. And maybe you're starting to see a little bit of that fire wane just a little bit. This is the time of year for me where I always look to find just that right speaker the right person to come in with the right message at the right time. I'd look at my professional development schedule. I'd look at time when I had opportunities to put that person in front of my staff to help lift them up and reconnect them with the purpose that we had to start our school year. If you're like me and this is how you're feeling, let's have a conversation. I'd love to bring the Road to Awesome message to your school. I'd love to lift up your teachers, lift up your staff, and help everybody get reconnected with that incredible purpose and that incredible fire and passion that you opened your school year with. Sometimes we just need to fan the flames a little bit, and that's what I love to do. Let's have a conversation. My contact information and my email is right there in the show notes. Let's get your staff rolling down that road to awesome. And now... Let's roll right into this conversation with Doug Kaplicki. I'll see you on the other side. All right, Doug, thank you so much for joining me here on Leaning Into Leadership. Man, this is a conversation that I circled on the calendar a while ago. Uh, Definitely fired up to get a chance to finally connect with you. We've been connected a long time, but finally, finally we get to talk. So welcome into Leaning Into Leadership. Right on, man. Hey, I appreciate the, I'm humbled and honored to even be uh, on the show. Uh, I've been a longtime uh, fan and, and just watching your, your business grow and how the, the things that you're impacting uh, a lot of individuals across this country. And so thank you for the opportunity. And, and uh, really, uh, this will be fun just to have a chance to just talk through some items and uh, get to know you even better. Yeah, absolutely. So speaking of getting to know you, just real quick for my listeners who maybe don't know who uh, Doug Kaplicki is, just give them the quick elevator version. Who are you? Where are you coming from? Those kinds of things. Yeah, man. So so we uh, I've been really blessed in my career. This is my 15th year as a principal. Um, I've had an opportunity to uh, currently I'm working in the Yakima School District at Adams Elementary, uh, very close to the largest elementary school in eastern Washington. Um, we are a, uh, we, we've had a, 
about six principals in four years. And so uh, when COVID hit, I was uh, given the opportunity to uh, kind of uh, take on some climate things that were there. And so for me, it's been a great opportunity uh, to work with an amazing staff, amazing superintendent, uh, fantastic kids and parents. And so this is uh, my last, uh, you know, my last gig. I've had an opportunity to uh, work in a couple of other settings. And as a, as a building principal, um, I had a chance to work at a school in the Spokane region uh, in which a school was uh, kind of built pretty much within 42 days. And that school ended up getting on the map and uh, picking up a lot of kudos and accolades and, and gave me an opportunity to get on the road and do some speaking. Uh, and then I actually uh, jumped on the road for about three years and uh, was super blessed to really learn about other people as a consultant and a public speaker. And uh, so it's been, it's been an incredible ride. I've been in the small school. I've been in the, uh, the larger school. Uh, and for me, I, I, I'll tell you what, I love them all. And, and K-12 education is, is thriving uh, now that we're all back from this pandemic. And it's exciting to see the kids and how happy the parents are to be working with us. Yeah, for sure. Um, man, just so much in there uh, that I want to unpack. Uh, first, I want to go right at, uh, actually, before I go there, um, a fellow principal of the year, too. You did not mention that uh, about yourself, but a, a principal of the year in 2017 for the state of Washington. So uh, any anytime I get to connect with a fellow POI, man, I'm going to make sure and shout him out. So um, you mentioned in there, you know, one of the one of the largest elementary schools. We were talking before we hit record that you have like 120 staff members. Um I've got folks who listen to the podcast who, you know, they're in, in huge districts. Like I know we have um, at least two listeners um, in uh, the Las Vegas area. So, you know, um, their, their district is like the fifth largest in the nation. I know I have some some listeners in really tiny rural districts. Um, give them some context of what Adams Elementary is in terms of size. Yeah. So we are we're um, it, it's interesting. You, you asked it because. We are a, um, we're 100% free and reduced. Um, we are 94% Hispanic. Um, and so our language at home, we're just about 84% uh, Spanish. Uh, primarily Spanish is the, the main language um, at home. Um, but I will, I'll tell you, we work with a company called uh, the Center for, uh, excuse me, the Center for Effective um, Education. And they basically do surveys just to kind of get a feel for the climate. And we were, this school um, had amazing people, but our climate was struggling a little bit. And I will tell you the area that we're probably the most proud of is during the pandemic, when everybody was seeing, you know, things as really a, a, a what the, the, you know, the Johnny rain cloud, what are we going to do? We had the opportunity to get inside a lot of the homes. We, we were obviously doing things in Google. We were doing things. I mean, you had, you know, you had Uncle Rico's cat walking across the kid's computer. You had, <laughs> we were doing all kinds of stuff. We were in their homes and they were in ours. And for us, we embraced that moment. We, we you know, school culture and, and the aspect of school climate is something that resonates with me. That is a, a mantra that my myself and my teams and it, it's about we, our, and us. We, our, and us is the mantra. How do we do this? How do we beat it when, you know, at that one pulse? And so we started really putting that together. And whether it was dropping off food in homes in the yards in the pandemic, our, our CE survey, which is a national survey, went to the top 1%. And this is something we were super, super proud of because in the state of Washington, they started looking at, and this is in 20, from, from 2019 
to 2022 in the spring, they started looking at how are we connecting with parents? Well, we only get them for six and a half hours, but for us, we've got to connect with those parents. And it was an amazing relationship. And I do, I've got a, a great colleague in Randy Russell who runs RLR. He talks a lot about the three ships. And I think he was an incredible guest on, on one of your earlier episodes. Yeah. And, I, you know, Randy says it best. You know, he talks about partnerships. He talks about relationships. He talks about leadership. I always tell Randy that there's also one critical one that as, as a leader, I didn't really learn this until, it, believe it or not, until about my 12th or 13th year about how do you embrace hardship and how do you embrace mentorship? And I, I've talked to Randy a lot about that as a mentor. And that was something that we started looking into. How do we mentor new teachers? How do we get through the paraeducators and how do we support and how do we inspire those folks through this time? So the culture and climate is something that we really take a great pride in. Um, there are some incredible leaders that you've had on this show. And, and I know that uh, your success also, Darren, you've been an incredible leader um, with school climate and culture. And I think that's one of the things that attracted me to what your your message is on social media. Uh, and then we kind of started connecting and then kind of building this friendship and relationship with each other that I've really enjoyed just watching how you embrace that school climate and that culture. And you're still doing it on these podcasts and blogs and some of the work that you're doing. So I really appreciate that. Um, and on our team, even it'll put some of your blogs right into the newsletters. And uh, we've enjoyed, we've enjoyed kind of partnering sometimes when you don't even know you're partnering with us. I appreciate that so much. I really do. You hit so many awesome things there. And let's, let's just stay with culture and climate because you're right. I mean, that, that's a huge thing for me. Um, I mean, I look back at the, the schools that I've been blessed to to work with as, as a school leader, as a district leader, and that's where we started was we were going to start with focusing on our culture and our climate because I, I've said this a whole lot of times. I think I said it in the book I, every time I speak. I mean, to anybody who will listen to me, I will say this. It, you know, you can invest in all kinds of curriculum and you can invest in, you know, all types of, you know, different programs and all of that type of stuff. You can put tons of money in your technology. But if you don't have a culture where everybody feels like they're part of something special, where everybody feels seen and heard and loved, you're never going to get the maximum benefit out of whatever money you spent. So, I mean, culture is what it's all about. There's a reason the culture eats strategy for breakfast. So, Let's For let's sure. just keep going right at culture because that's that is huge. And you're right, yeah. Randy Russell was an incredible guest on the show. Um, I can't remember off the top of my head which episode it was. I'm gonna say right around 20. Um, sure. But uh, also a fantastic leader, without question, a uh, fantastic leader. And, and the guys at CEE do do brilliant work as well. So we're not being paid by RLR or CEE <laughs> to say that either. No. We really aren't. No, but just, but uh, great guys. Same, yeah, they walk the same walk and and. They talk the same talk. And I do think that uh, I do want to credit, you know, some of the there are some great leaders within the the district I'm currently in, uh, you know, in in somebody like Trevor Green. Um, he was he was also he was uh, a state uh, principal of the year, I believe, in 2013. And then he actually, um, he, you know, he launched himself into the national principal of the year in that same year and uh, watching some of the work that he did with the culture and climate. And so it's been a pleasure having a chance to uh, team with, 
with Trevor and his team and some of the great uh, things in the direction that they're the vision that they have right now is is really going in the right direction. Sometimes we move really fast and, and we you know, sometimes even I do that as a leader and sometimes I have to be reflective and, how you know, we don't want to move too fast. But I do think if we can hang our hat on relationships and, and that relational trust is something that we, we talk a lot about is what is that relational trust with your staff? and that relational trust that you have with your parents and the students, and then giving students that ownership, that automatically, once the students and the parents feel that ownership, and that's something you know I love having opportunities to speak about, is when they start buying in and they start having that ownership, it takes things to the next level. But it's critical that we give our staff enough time so and one thing that, you know, and I love, Darren, I, I love where you're, you're coming from when you're talking about coaching principles and you do such a phenomenal job mm-hmm. in that area of coaching principles is there's sometimes when we walk into a, a PLC or PLT or whatever you a grade level team, whatever you want to call them, mm-hmm. what, sometimes when we have a concept, we have to actually, and this is something me, as you can see, I'm 100 miles an hour, pretty ADHD. I would have to almost put myself on pause <laughs> and say, okay let them facilitate let's do this and that you know here i am i'd love to say that i could coach a young principal that i still can't figure it out my i know my fourth grade team would go doug just stop we got it you know and they're and they do yeah i'm like i've never taught fourth grade so let them let them be them you know have them have them have an opportunity they've got 30 years of fourth grade teaching so I'm still, you know, there's still moments in my career that I'm still trying to grow. Uh, very Carol DeWick, you know, that growth mindset. You know, we talked real briefly, the aspect of Todd Whitaker and, and who Todd Whitaker and mm-hmm. some of his, his literature is next level in that area of how do we grow as principals? How do we do things? And how do we say things differently? How do we, you know, how do we listen? And that's something in a podcast, you know, it's almost impossible to do a listening skill. But it's something that, you know, as a leader, that's something where I feel like I've really had to develop in the last five years far more than I did in my first 10 years as a principal. So those are areas that we just keep growing. And, uh, you know, you're, you have to kind of sometimes humility and sometimes failure. Something you just have to fail forward and, and keep moving forward right. when, when we have challenges. Well, I think, I mean, it all comes back to the fact that we're in the people business. And, you know, as people, as human beings, we're going to make mistakes. You know, we're going to fail. We're going to grow. We're going to get better. And we have to understand that about the people that that we lead. Um, You hit on a couple of things that I think are huge for uh, especially early career leaders. I I know I struggled on this, and I won't belabor the story. I know my listeners have heard me tell the, the Superman story probably six or seven times already. But what I what I had a hard time with was not thinking, you know, that that I had to be everything, you know, for everybody. And and exactly what you said was like slow my brain down. You know, I'd, I'd come into a, you know, whether it was a PLC meeting or a leadership team meeting or whatever and have something in my head of here's where I want it to go. Well, if that's the case, then don't make it a collective, you know, tell them this is where we're going to go. Right. But that's also, the, that's, I mean, that's better than let them talk, 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 and then just go where you want to go. But rather go in, go into a meeting, like you said, and listen, go in with an open mind, you know, and, and I learned this from, from my predecessor, uh, Dr. Randy, Randy Wendling was so good at this. Um, he was always the last one in the room to speak. I mean, and I, I asked him about it once, you know, after I'd already succeeded him as, as the principal, I remember asking him, like, Doc, you always talk last. Was that on purpose? And he's like, yeah, for the most part. He's like, there were times where I knew that there were others who really needed to, you know, to get their stuff out. And I just, 
you know, I would let him do it. And he's like, but it, but if I talked last, I could summarize exactly what the feel in the room was without having to go to a board. I didn't have to draw things. I didn't have to make notes. I could just paraphrase what the best points were. Mm -hmm. And often people thought, Doc, that's an incredible idea. He's like, Darren, it was almost never my idea. It was just, he was so good at paraphrasing, which is one of those absolute top-notch, like next-level listening skills. You can't paraphrase if you can't listen, right? Did you, I'm curious, I got, I'm going to probe you, I'm going to flip the, flip the mic on this real quick. Because I'm kind of curious. That's cool. With his, and with, with the skills that you learned from that and then the skills that he modeled, mm-hmm. did you see like in that paraphrase, I bet he had the opportunity to, and you probably and knowing you now, like that, that cultural piece, it gives you the opportunity to not only that summary, but you can give credit where credit is due. You can validate somebody that may have, you know, might not, might not have, you know, the loudest voice, but then that gives him the opportunity to validate that voice. Um, and in, and I, I always believe that validation, you know, validate to elevate and, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. that creative culture. So did you feel like that was something that you were able to do immediately for like a young, like a young administrator? <laughs> no. Yeah. I, I would, I, yeah. Nope. I, I, still, I, think, I think it was kind of like really yeah. myself. Oh, man. Just, yeah. It's you hard. Know, that's such a great. It is. That's such a great question because, uh, and again, I mean, I'm, years later, I was I was sitting and having a beer with Randy, and we had this exact conversation, you know, and um, exactly what you're saying too. I want I want to hit that, and then I'll come back to my answer of no. Sure. Um, not only was it validation for him and giving credit where credit was due, it was also he was so good at this, and he told me, you know, sometimes there were ideas that weren't good. But by doing it this way, I didn't have to say, you know, that's not a good idea or that won't work because I I just got to pull the best of the best from the conversation. So nobody ever felt like, you know, well, my idea was ridiculed or or something like that. It was just simply, hey, he just pulled everything out of the conversation, you know, Mm -hmm. and, and brought it down into this great idea. And so I think it created a very safe space for all of us who sat at that leadership table with him, you know, counselors, teachers, social workers, didn't matter who it was, you know, when, when he would percolate the conversation down at the end, um, and Doug, he was so cool. He would do it with like this really quiet voice. So like everybody had to lean in. I mean, it just, the guy was a master, just a master. And, and yes, I learned a lot from him, but, I said, no, I didn't. I, I wasn't able to do it right away for a couple of reasons. Um, one, as a, as, a, as a building leader, when, when you move from AP to principal, I mean, come on, it's not the same job. And there's, there's a huge learning curve. Um, but there was also for me, because I did that in the same building, I just I set out to not be Randy. And yeah. uh, that was both good and bad. I mean, I had to put my own stamp on the role, but... I was also tossing out a lot of really good stuff because I was trying to not be Randy. And at a point, I know those things started to come back a little bit, and in, including how he would paraphrase. And I know that made me so much a better leader. And, and it definitely makes me yeah. a better coach now because it's all about listening. And as a coach, yeah. heck, as a building principal, most of it's about asking questions, right? It's not about answers. Right. It's about questions. Oh, I, I say help me understand probably 10 times a day. Help me understand. Tell me a little bit more. And it was a skill that I just didn't have years ago. And it's something that yeah. consulting actually really helped me in that aspect of just 
really learning and watching other consultants and having networking conversations. But um, it's interesting to you because that, that's such a cool that for, for him to model that and for you to see it and, and be able to, I mean, and then it's like anything else in education. We snag what we think we can, you know, pull off and, 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 mm-hmm. and then, and as a, as a young administrator, I, I think, um, I think it's super important that, you know, in those mentoring moments or seeing those mentoring moments, you don't have to be that person. It's just like anything coaching or teaching, but snagging that skill set and trying to figure out how you can utilize that. Um, I do believe, you know, one of the things I really buy in is when you're, if you're taking over a brand new building right now, just like you've already probably done a check-in one-on-one with your people, you know, meeting them. I think that September right now is a critical month that you just do your check-in, like you're two weeks in, you're three weeks in, and I know you don't have time, but it is critical and even more so for your first and second year teachers, just so they feel like they're, you know, how can I empower you? How can I help you? How can I support you? I mean, that servant leadership is critical. So, yeah, I want to jump in on that really quick. I almost never interrupt, but but I, I do want to say this. I, I actually I want to, I want to probe a little bit here too. So yeah. you just said, you know, hey, I know you don't have time, but right. L- let's talk a little bit about that. All right, yeah. you have the same yeah. amount of time as everybody else. It's about how you prioritize that time. And what what Doug is saying right here, new leaders, prioritize that prioritize going and checking in with your people prioritize continuing to build the relationships because that is what's going to help you get all that other stuff done i mean if you've got a laundry list of oh my god i got to do this 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 (laughs) welcome to leadership that never stops but prioritize it on your calendar right doug i mean like like block hey i'm gonna go you know 30 minutes here 30 minutes there i'm gonna go it's all about go build culture and it's through building relationships Darren, I think one of the things that we miss sometimes, and, and, and I, I can say the pros and the con conversations that I've had, whether, whether it's with upper management or even, or even colleagues, so often people want to just dive into business. And sometimes we just need to know, like you've got, you might have a teacher who's got maybe a brand new baby that she or he, they're not getting any sleep at night. You might have another teacher that's on the other end of the spectrum that's taking care of their parents you know, and in those conversations, save time for, I'm not saying for you to be the counselor, but what you do need to do is have a better understanding. Sometimes if they need to talk through it, you know, you can support, maybe there's a program, maybe they're really struggling with something where your, your district might have the opportunity for a counseling, you know, like an employee assistance program. So I don't always think, I, I think we can stay focused, but sometimes I do think we need to ask some of the questions, you know, Hey, and a simple thing when somebody walks in and you know that they've you know they're they're caretaking for their parent and just say hey how's your mom doing just checking in that that can go it, it, don't do it if you're not going to be authentic about it and i really try to be extremely authentic i try to do follow-ups i try to check in on people um with 110 odd some odd staff members you know we've got a lot of things going on and that's something that i've i've really valued in some different mentors modeling those things, kind of like you had shared with your mentor. I've watched mentors do this in a professional way, not in an unprofessional way, but just a professional way. And just, you know, coming back from the weekend, you know that they may have gone over here, might be over to Seattle and and just check and say, hey, how's your dad doing? What's, you know, hey, I know you had had a tough weekend. How are you doing? And, And give yourself a few minutes to have that conversation. That's not really a time for you to share. In my mind, that's a time for you to be that servant leader to support and find out how they're doing. And and oftentimes those authentic conversations, if genuine, can really 
in my mind, impact student development because sometimes it might just be that five minutes to just what they needed so they can be successful with your, your students. Again, we are, we are in the people business, build relationships yeah. with your yeah. people. Um, you know, a lot of us will spend time uh, this week uh, when, well, when we're recording this week, um, I released a blog that was uh, just quick walkthrough tips. Um, we're not talking about doing this when you're out on walkthroughs. We're talking about like go pop into people's classrooms when they don't right. have kids or when yep. you see them in the staff room or you know, yep. when you walk in with them in the parking lot and you hold the door for them because they've got 19 sure. things and six bags and two cups of coffee and, and you know, and that kind of thing, you know. Um, I always wonder where let's, let's go I always wonder where they're hiking to because they always have like two, two backpacks, a cup of coffee. I'm like, is there a long trip to the – no, I, I joke around about that and I always say stuff like that. I'm like, hey, are you are you guys going backpacking after work or what's happening here, you know, just to joke around kind of. Kind of like uh, my last superintendent role, um, well, my only superintendent role, my, my last role um, was not the place where you show up in a suit. I wore a suit as a principal. I showed up as a, in a suit one time um, when I when I was a superintendent and they asked me if I had a job interview somewhere. Um, so <laughs> so let, let's go a little bit deeper with what you're saying, yeah. with just, just the relationship piece with, with people. And you, you had started when you were talking about, you know, hey, you know, you just started your year and, you know, you started connecting with people in August and that kind of stuff. You said something before we hit the record button about the onboarding process there, but then also that onboarding process for you that still at times is a bit of a struggle. Can you, can you talk just a little bit about yeah. that? Yeah, this is one of those, uh, here will be a really authentic uh, piece of this, of this interview. Um, so, one of the things we take a lot of great pride in, and I think districts do a great job of getting everybody ready. Um, you know, you have your PD days, your contractual professional development days in August. Usually you're, you're, you're putting time in. You might be sitting down with staff members prior to those those PD days and you're, you're you know, you're helping them through the, the year from the standpoint of their class, getting their classrooms ready, maybe a paraeducator getting them ready, maybe a secretary trying to get them, whether it's counseling. And we spend a lot of time, and I think we do a pretty good job in education trying to prepare. But what happens for myself is I have found myself not doing a great job of that onboarding. And this is an area that I keep trying to, to work on. So we hire somebody maybe in August or October, or we hire somebody in January. And you know, we, we put all that time in. We we've, you know, you're investing in somebody. Once you get a new teammate it's a new team. One new teammate is a new team. And so if you're not onboarding that process, giving them a proper mentor in the building, maybe giving them a mentor outside of the building, whatever it may be, and you're not accessible and you're not checking in kind of like what we just talked about, I might be doing a check-in in September. Hey, how are you doing? Checking in on you. What's new? We need to still do that. If we hire that person in November, we should do that right before that winter break and just check in on that person and say, hey, I know I, I know it's been crazy. I know it's been busy. You know, I hope you had a great Thanksgiving. I just want to check in. And that's an area that I have to be super conscious. And it's an area that I am I, I, I just keep struggling in it. And I don't I don't know why. Um, I think what you just if you were coaching me, I would have listened to the one word you said priorities. And, and, and that's that, that it's got to be a priority. And I love I love what you said about that. Well, I think, you know, sometimes sometimes we get we get stuck, you know, sometimes we, we you know, we get down into the weeds of our school year 
And, yeah. you know, it's like that, uh, it's like that, you know, thing that kids would do on the playground. At least they did when I was a kid. And I was always the one who received it and never did it. But right. uh, nobody can see this except for you because you're the only one seeing the video. But, you know, that whole, hey, you're running through a tree or you're running through a forest, you're running through a forest, wham, you hit a tree. That's, that's what a school year is. Wow. Like, yeah. Perfectly. I mean, you just you get down in there and you just start going, and then next thing you know, you run into a tree, and it's you know, oh man, you know this this individual. We hired him. I haven't I haven't even checked in with him once, or or whatever yeah. the case may be, because you know you've got your evaluations and you've got uh, filling. I mean, a million different things that you got to do as a principal. So I'm wondering, um, you know, is this something that because of the size of your building, are you? Do you guys as a collective leadership team kind of delegate that out and say, hey, you know, make sure you're checking in with this person and this person? Or do you feel as the building principal, I can delegate that, but I still have to do it myself? One of the things at, at this level, at that level of school, I, I do utilize, we've got an incredible, so we've got a, a pretty amazing team. I've got a behavioral specialist that, that is um, very talented gal named uh, uh, Kristen Cisneros. She might be helping on the behavioral, checking in on a staff member. I've got... Um, it, our team has this incredible counselor, Alyssa Russell. If, if it's counseling related, if something that's going on, whether it might be in their, you know, in their classroom, um, she might take the lead. Uh, we've got an IF and an instructional facilitator named Jessica Karstetter, and she does a great job of some of those things. And I'm missing a lot of people, but but my core, one of the guys that's just a rock star, is named uh, Jose Contreras. Um, <clears throat> probably one of the most young, talented uh, professionals. And I say professionals, that guy, that guy could do anything. He could go, that guy could, he could be doing real estate. He could be doing a hundred different things, but he loves working with kids. And so I really enjoy working with that team on a daily basis. Um, but we do, we do push it out. One of the things on that though, is with our team. And when we, when we go through these, these moments, we might take uh, in, a, in, a, in a sit down meeting, we may have cards. This is something I did in another building. I've done this in other buildings. I haven't done it as much in this current building, but we might have a norm that we're going to fill out three to five cards. We might do three to five cards, and we're going to do that. We do shout outs every week in our newsletter. Our newsletters are pretty interactive. I, I Probably not in this. I use a lot of sarcasm in it for fun. We use a lot of fun videos. We use a lot of fun quotes. We use, we use a lot of different things that are on Twitter and Instagram, and we just try to keep it light. And that's that moment where you're building that culture and climate. But you get a card on your keyboard the next morning. That can that can go a long ways. You get a card with a you know with a, with a, a gift card. You know some of those things. And I I'll talk about the cards you're dealt. That's something you and I talked in the pre, and we can talk about that more. But that's how do we build that culture? That's something that I believe celebrate success, celebrate people and the hard work that they're doing, and really show them you know hey. Sometimes there's moments where we're trying to unlock their potential. You might have a 10-year vet, somebody that's just been there and doing a great job, but what's their goal? We we spent all this time on that rookie teacher or you know a paraeducator going into the teaching program. How do we unlock the that 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 potential? But we have to continue to not lose relational trust when we have these type of conversations. And so those are those are some of the things that I've found a lot of um, our teams have are, are have enjoyed. Um, but again, it comes back to we, our, and us. It's never, it's not singular as a, as an individualized principle. Well, I think that's just absolutely critical. And um, I, I want to go right at um, the cards you're dealt. So uh, I'm glad that you, it's like 
it's like I told you, hey, here's how I want you to set up that question. Um, but I did not. So very, very good for the first time we're ever having a having a conversation. We're totally in sync. Um, you told me you told me the story uh, from the very beginning, and you you mentioned um, uh, the the your the cards you are dealt um, as kind of the the lead in to this or the hundred thousand dollar article or or however yeah, you want to how you want to phrase that. Yeah, it's so it's funny. So it was. Um, I, I wrote an article. I, I got, um, and, and honestly, Darren, I think I was probably on a lake, maybe have had a beverage. And I started thinking we, we had a couple of our, our, our guys. We had some, we were playing some crib, I think, maybe poker. I don't know. And the next morning I woke up. It was a beautiful day. And I started thinking about like the cards you're dealt. Like, and, and there's been other things out there, but I, I tied it to a metaphor. And I wrote this article for an East Coast uh, publication. And it really was an article that could have gone um, into the business world. It could have gone uh, INC and a couple of other magazines that had talked to me about, you know, they, did they want to publish it? Um, there were some there were some pretty good sized magazines that looked at it. Well, it got into publication and I was fortunate enough. My uh, our, our it's called AWSP, which is our principals association. We had talked about kind of twisting that article, making that article a little bit more tailored because uh, I kind of had talked about and I sat on it for about six months. So then I, we wrote this article. Um, basically, it's called The Cards Are Dealt. Um, it is, you've got your diamonds in the rough, meaning staff members and, and students and parents. You've got your hearts of your operation. These are all metaphoric. And you've got, you know, you've got your, you don't want to get clubbed and you don't, and again, and in our presentations, we go through it. I never could figure out what the heck I was going to use for spades. So um, I went with the uh, my, my wonderful literature of Joe Dirt, uh, David Spade, and those of you that just did not know what I was talking about, and I said Joe Dirt, I apologize. I've just lowered the intelligence level of, <laughs> of, of, uh, of Dr. P here, so I apologize. But the, the again, those metaphoric pieces of how the cards are dealt, and then when, when I push this out, and if you ever want, if somebody's listening to this and you want to have a cool icebreaker or you ever want to do a presentation for staff, it's a really cool thing that you put all the cards in envelopes and you put these cards and you'll put gift cards. You'll give people and you'll ask them what cards they're dealt. Well, if we look at Clark County and we're down in Vegas, if we're down in Vegas, there are some schools that might get more funding. If we're in, you know, and there might be another school that has zero funding. Well, that's not fair. Well, true. <laughs> that's fair is not always equal. Cards are dealt. Cards are dealt. And you might be you might be in Carson City, you might be in Cheyenne, you might be in somewhere else. You could be in one of these other cities. I know there were schools in LA Unified on East Side that I utilized, and they might have a ton of money because they've either got grant money or whatever it is. And there could be a school four, four miles down the road. So we tie that to staff. I tied that to kids. It was an article that I wrote that ended up giving me an opportunity to speak all over the country. Um, and I, and it was, it was an amazing opportunity because I got to meet a lot of people. I learned a lot about myself. I had to grow up in some areas that I felt like I needed to just grow in. And, uh, it was the cards are dealt then led itself into unpacking, um, the full backpack of people's trauma. And, uh, you know, how do we, how do we unload those rocks that those kids come in? Our job as educators is to unload the rocks that these poor little people are coming into our schools. They got the backpacks. But we don't ever see that backpack trauma. We don't know if they have power at night, they have food at night. So 
one article led to some speaking and then it kind of snowballed and then i had the opportunity to really jump on the road on some other things um i did i, <laughs> I did one uh this one is going to scare anybody but i did one where uh, don't judge a book by its cover <laughs> Uh, and I would dress down some of that still out there. I dressed down and uh, as a, like a gang member. And I, I kind of started the first part in Spanish, pretty broken, pretty bad. But I, I did that for a reason because people would judge us. And we do that still in this business, how we get judged by the book of our cover, you know, whether it's you're wearing a suit in a school district um, and people are like, what's up with the, is that guy interviewing? What's he doing? And <laughs> we can't judge the book by its cover. And we've done it. And so it's a way for me to teach both my staff um, and different locations where I go speaking. And, and I've enjoyed, you know, those those are just three that I've, I've really enjoyed. But if you're listening and you want some uh, a great icebreaker or something like that, it's a cool icebreaker that I think a lot of success out of it. And it's a great conversation piece that I'm able to sustain uh, into other conversations. So it's not just like a, a one time shot and you're going to see it it's an opportunity for us to really have that that chance to to grow and learn from each other and you might know how to play poker but somebody next to you doesn't somebody else might know how to play pinochle or blackjack so why i say that is we all have preconceived ideas of different things on the cards we're dealt and sometimes we don't know what we're dealt and so you got to figure out how to play those cards I think that's just so powerful. Um, we talked about this a little bit before we hit record, and um, it, it kind of took us uh, down a rabbit hole, and we won't go down that rabbit hole. But um, I, I know part of that conversation, uh, we were talking about just exactly that, some of those preconceived notions or maybe just kind of the mindset that we go into a school year, into our classroom, into our school, whatever, um, you know, with the kind of this mindset of, you know, oh, I'm a fourth grade teacher and, you know, the third grade teacher already told me, you know, look out for these kids or, you know, kind of those those just pre preconceived notions that ultimately can set us up for failure. Or um, I think uh, it's Ed Milet talks about it as that uh, reticular activating system, you know, where what we're looking for, we find. Um, you know, if, if I'm out on the road looking for red cars, I'm going to see a ton of red cars because that's what I'm looking for. So I think that that's an interesting thing from the leadership standpoint. Um I think oftentimes it's we, we go where our eyes go, we go where our thoughts go. And uh, I think that there's a, I, I think Simon Sinek is one that talks a lot about this. Um, I love that you referenced Ed Milet. Um, that guy is, that guy is, uh, that guy speaks our language, I think, a lot of the time. And, and oh, yeah. I, I, th I think sometimes we are what we think, we are what we say. If we put it out to the universe, sometimes we, you know, if that happens. And I think it's sometimes where your quiet moments and, and one of the things I'm going to kind of take this a little bit different way um, is self-care. I, I think what the, a lot of principals are working, you know, these 50, 60 hours and, you know, it could even be more. And oftentimes I think that self-care is is completely a lost art. And I know that I am terrible at it. I I know that I work a lot of hours and. But I, I truly believe that self-care can, if we're not taking care of ourselves, it is going to catch up with us, with our own health, with our decision-making, with our rest, um, you know, what we're eating, what we're in. And those are all things that I, I adamantly believe that, you know, we've got to try to model. Um, I always talk about family first. If I've got, if, uh, you know, a team member that's saying, hey, I need to get to my uh, son's first day of school, go, <laughs> go to your first day. Like, 
that's self-care. You need to be there for your son's first day of school, you know? And those are moments like that builds culture. It doesn't sound like it's, it, you're not going to see that in a book. Oftentimes you're not going to see that, but that is building culture because you're doing what's best for that person and that you're doing what's best for that family. So I do believe if our eyes and our ears and different things, sometimes we go down, you talked about rabbit holes or whatever it may be. Um, I think we have to be extremely careful and stay true to yourself. Be growth mindset, have that, that incredible growth mindset, but be true to yourself. You and I are culture climate guys. We've been hired to clean up culture and climate. So we don't want to lose that. And I, and I, and I want to make sure people hear that oftentimes um, if you get into a, a new position of power, you get into a, a new leadership role, don't lose who you are. And, and I've seen that time and time again. And it's, it saddens me sometimes that even people's pedagogical view on things has changed from when they once were one person as a leader and then they now are maybe overseeing. And so um, I've been on both sides of that and, and I've learned it. Uh, I probably learned it more in my coaching days than I did even on the, on the leadership end in a school setting. Well, yeah. When when you're in those coaching roles, you kind of have that that observation deck view, and you're able to right. maybe notice some things a little bit different than than obviously you do when uh, when you're right in the thick of things. So, um, final question here on leaning yeah. into leadership podcast. Actually, next to final question, um, okay. but uh, ask it of everybody on the show. So, Doug, I'm going to ask you the same thing. You know, how right now are you leaning into leadership? So that's such a great, I mean, such a great lead. And, and I think that as we, we, we learn and we lead, and I think that the big, the big thing for me is trying to understand what the why is, understanding how to align um, that, that why, if you have new district leadership, if you have, uh, you know, a new teammate, uh, is trying to understand how I can grow them together. Um, I, I've never really said somebody works for us um, we also believe we're working alongside each other. So when I'm leading that learning, I want to learn together. Uh, I do believe that um, I had to open myself up to some of my own uh, maybe insecurities and transparency and, and just be transparent and say, you know, it might be something within literacy where I, I love literacy, but it might be an area that I, I need to ask a question and I need to have the courage to say, can you tell me a little bit more? I'm a little bit lost, or it's a data inquiry cycle that we're looking at a data inquiry cycle and you have an expert in the room. Don't fear asking those questions and saying, hey, I need help in this area. This is an area that I want to grow in. And I do think sometimes transparency, even in front of your troops, sometimes is sometimes a real valuable tool because now they get to embrace you and they might be, I've got, you know, I've got a, if I've got a, a dual, we run a dual language school uh, for K K1. It's going to be all the way to K K5 in the next few years. And I'm learning more and more about dual language as a, you know, as a school that is, you know, we're again, we're at 94% um, Hispanic population. And with this dual language model, I am far from an expert, but I love learning alongside. So that's an area um, our district right now is uh, diving hard into uh, PLCs. Um, we're looking at the mentoring coaching aspect and then the aspect of instructional framework of, of principal supervision and uh, learning, you know, learning to just be authentic in those conversations and asking questions and saying, how do I grow in this area? Um, because your team is not going to have the, the courage to ask those type of questions if you don't model that. And so that's where I really am. In, in my in my scope, that's where I would answer that question. 
Excellent. I appreciate that. So uh, final question, people want to get in touch with Doug. How do they go about doing that? Yeah. So um, I've got one question before I answer that, man, I got to know you're a Wyoming yeah. guy. Are you, are you a Josh uh-huh. Allen guy? Josh Allen? Oh, of course. Yeah, yeah of course I'm a Josh Allen guy. Yeah. Right, man. I, I know you're yeah. a Wyoming boy, so I just, uh, I had to ask, yeah. I had to reverse the, the, the mic, but uh no, yeah, well, so before you go away from that, I mean, you're yeah. you're in Washington. You need to know. I'm. I mean, yes, I, I root for Josh Allen. Yeah. But I am so grateful that your your state graciously gifted Russell Wilson to my Denver Broncos. Oh, um, that is, I mean, you know, uh, we might have a little side wager on the uh, yeah, opening yeah. night game. Yeah, you know, but uh, I'll, I'll be texting you on that that situation. There you go. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah. Good, right man. on. I, I appreciate that. Now, uh, yeah. Russ is that guy is great for the community, great for a team. Everything's everything's fantastic. Um, I will tell you, Russell and his uh, PR team have sent my school. You will love this. Pretty much for the last eight or nine years, probably six to eight footballs every year, something signed for our PBIS reward system. Um, he his team has been phenomenal. I'm sure he'll still do something like that in the Denver area. But uh, no, I, that's yeah. uh, that was kind of a, that was a great lead for the PBIS and, and the aspect of of just you know giving back with kids. And again, that's a great way to finish yeah. it on culture. Um, you can reach out to me uh, on uh, on Twitter and uh, Instagram. Uh, it's under Doug Cap uh, K A P instead of C A P. So Doug and then uh, K A P, uh, and then also on LinkedIn. I usually use a lot of my Facebook uh, just for my own family pictures and my own kids in college and got one that's a Zag. A lot of people know Gonzaga across the country, and I got another one down in Southern Cal at CBU. And so uh, I've got two two college-age kids just thriving, and, and uh, it's been awesome being a, a dad and watching them. But uh, uh, that's more my Facebook. But, I yeah, anytime any if anybody wants to reach out, um, I do give out my cell phone number on those venues so people can text, call, uh, if you are a young administrator and you're just needing extra support and you want to build your network outside of uh, your district, um, I would love the opportunity to support you and serve as a uh, thought partner. So, Darren, it's been a pleasure, man. Yeah, I really appreciate it, man. Really, really do. And I will put, folks, everything in the show notes so you have all those links and how to find him on social media, that kind of stuff. My friend, Doug Kaplicki, thank you so very much for joining me here thank on you, the man. Leading Into Leadership podcast. This was a blast. Yeah, this was awesome, buddy. It's amazing to me. 38 episodes into the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, just how many incredible, incredible guests I've been able to host here on the show. And to be honest, the ones that I already have recorded still coming your way just continues to amaze me the quality of individual. And not only that, just the willingness of those individuals to share their passions, their knowledge, their skill set with you and with me to help everybody get just a little bit better each and every day. Doug Kaplicki is a perfect example of that. Somebody who just absolutely dropped leadership gold nuggets all over the place. So hopefully you took some time to jot some of those down or took some mental notes of some of the things that Doug shared. So again, Doug, thank you for being on Leaning Into Leadership. Today, um, let's let's go here first. Um, Just a quick reminder about the Teach Better Conference. It's coming up really soon, folks, and I cannot wait to go and be a part of this. It's an incredible group of people. It's an incredible opportunity, incredible value 
in terms of the people who we will all get to be around and learn from and grow with, spend some fun times together in uh, networking activities, bookstore, all those fun things. RTA, of course, is a big sponsor of this event. As such, if you haven't registered yet, go to teachbetterconference.com, and when you register, Enter the code RTATB2022 and you'll get 50 bucks off your registration. Now, I can tell you, registration is filling up really fast and they're going to be cutting it off pretty soon. So, if you plan to be in Akron, Ohio, October 14th and 15th, and you have not registered yet, you need to make that happen soon. Again, the code is RTATB2022. That'll save you 50 bucks off of your registration, October 14th and 15th in Akron, Ohio. I hope to see you there. And now it's time for your pep talk. I want to share with you a book that I'm reading. Right now I'm reading Ed Milet's The Power of One More. And if you've read this book, you know that it's just an absolutely inspiring book. If you listen to Ed's podcast, you know that between his guests and him as an individual, there are always some incredible, inspiring pieces. But as I was reading through about a week ago, early as I was starting the book, I hit a part inside of the book where he talks about how we as individuals, whether this is entrepreneurs or leadership or just early in our careers or any point in our career when we're ready to try and advance, how sometimes we give up when we're almost there and we just don't realize that we're making a dent, that we are really making our way through. The way that Ed describes this is comparing it to a pinata at a child's birthday party. You've all been there, right? You've seen this. Heck, you've probably been a part of it and done it. The first couple of kids, they get the blindfold on and and the swings with the bat are kind of tentative because they're just, just barely starting to tap it. But then with each successive swing and each new individual who comes into the mix, a little bit more contact and a little bit more contact and you're starting to chip away and you're starting to chip away. And then finally, the birthday boy puts on puts on the blindfold and just crack and that pinata shatters and all that candy comes out and everybody comes running to it. What Ed talks about in The Power of One More is how we do exactly that. But so many people give up before that final swing. And maybe it's just that one more swing that takes you to the next level that breaks open that pinata and the candy that comes out is everything that you've been chasing. Maybe that's in your business. Maybe that's in your career. Maybe that's in your personal life. My challenge for you this week is to think about that for a moment. Reflect on the pinata. You've been chipping away. It's not time to give up yet. Keep taking your swings. Thank you for joining me this week on the Leaning Into Leadership podcast. I hope you have an absolute amazing Road to Awesome week. Thank you for listening to the Leaning Into Leadership podcast, brought to you by Road to Awesome. Don't forget, click subscribe, give a review, and share this with somebody who might also enjoy leaning into leadership.